On Thursday, we drafted the cream of the crop from the Orioles minor league system in our 2023 Orioles minor league draft rounds one through seven. But today, with the guys from BSL on the verge, we go to rounds eight through 15 to finish off the draft and go a little bit deeper into some sleeper prospects in the O's system. We're drafting our Orioles minor league teams coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Friday, March 10th, 2023, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we finish off our Orioles minor league draft. If you haven't heard part one yet or watched part one, make sure to go back to Thursday's episode as I am joined by Nick Stevens, Bob Phelan, and Zach Spedden of the BSL On The Verge podcast that does such a great job covering all things Orioles minor leagues. We're doing an Orioles minor league draft. Rounds one through seven yesterday, rounds eight through 15 are coming up today. And that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. So we're going to jump right into it here. Bob, Nick, and Zach from BSL On The Verge joining me again. It'll restart with my selection in round eight of the Orioles minor league draft. We're drafting 15 player teams here. We're about halfway through and we'll jump right back into it. Part two to finish off this Orioles minor league draft. And then make sure to check out the Locked On Orioles socials after the show to uh, pick which team did the best. But we jump right in back into round eight of our Orioles minor league draft. All right, so it's back over to me here, and looking at my team, I did take Luis Almeida, and he's actually going to slot in as my DH, it looks like, because I already had a full infield, so that's putting a lot on a teenage kid with that pick, um, but I'm probably going to go back to pitching, and honestly, in these kind of drafts and different scenarios, whatever, I just keep bringing up this guy's name. And if he can just stay healthy, just give me Carter Baumler for this season. If he can just stay on the field. And I understand it's probably going to be mostly Delmarva again, even if he is healthy, just because the O's are going to want to take it slow with him. But he's going to carve up Delmarva hitters if he can just stay healthy this year. I want to see a full season of Baumler. I've been bought in since they took him out of high school in 2020. And I think. Hopefully, I mean, whatever's going on with the shoulder, and those are sometimes scarier than the elbow injuries, but hopefully he can stay on the field this year. I'm going to go as a pitcher as well. As Honestly, it's a guy that I'm surprised is still on the board, and that's Davey Cruz. Um, this is someone that was getting love as a top 30 prospect last summer from Baseball America. Throws hard, has a good three-pitch mix. He does have that habit like D.L. Hall, like Gene Pinto, where when it comes to the walks, when it rains, it pours. So he did have a few outings at Del Marva where his control got away from him. But to be as young as he was at low A pitching as well as he did, definitely flashing a starter's potential repertoire. And I like him moving into that uh, pitcher's park in Aberdeen this year. Good choice, good choice. Well, I think we're at the point in the draft where we're going to have to start looking at this year's breakouts instead of last year's breakouts. And I think I have my next two picks lined up in that frame of mind. Uh, first, I will go with the pitcher as well. Give me a fourth starter. The future is bright 
in the organization, and so is Trace Bright. Uh, I think he's going to be this year's Justin Armbruster, who kind of comes out of nowhere to rocket up the system. I've heard uh, Baseball America is, I think they said he has like all of the best pitches of the guys the Orioles drafted. Just seems like you hear nothing but good things about his potential. And I would imagine he starts at high A Aberdeen and finishes in double A Bowie if things go well. And I'll take that as a fourth starter. And then give me Aaron Estrada, who will be this year's Frederick Ben Cosme. I could easily see him skipping straight to Delmarva or at least getting promoted from the FCL to Delmarva just because his raw hitting ability is so good. And he's going to be undersized. He's not going to have the power, kind of like Ben Cosme last year, but all the kid did was hit. And I think, you know, hit tool is pretty important. And he's going to just continue to do that all the way to Delmarva this year. I'm going to go with a young hitter here, too. I'm going to go a little off the board and go Isaac DeLeon. There's one thing DeLeon does really well, and that's he draws a lot of walks. And what we started to see more of as he was with Delmarva further into last year was he was hitting for power. Early in the year, it was really all about the eye at the plate. Then the power started to pick up. It slowed down for him a little bit when he got to Aberdeen, but I think with regular at-bats this year, he's a guy that you could see take off, and you can move him around the infield a little bit. He may end up slotting in as my DH, but ton of strikeouts, but he also walks a lot and shows some power potential with room to fill out. So I like DeLeon as another uh, bat in my lineup. Yeah, so I think that's a good point to just kind of reset everybody's teams so everybody knows where we're coming from because Zach's got some guys moving around the infield. Um, so we'll start with with Zach. You want to read out the team and kind of let everybody know where, where you got people playing because you got some options going on right now with infielders. Yeah, I feel like I'm kind of following the Orioles model a little bit and going with guys that can play all over the infield. I have Anderson De Los Santos at third, but then I have Joey Ortiz, a great shortstop who can also play some second and third um, at shortstop. And then Frederick Ben Cosme, who spent a lot of time on both sides of the second base bag last year at second base. And then as you move things around, are we doing Isaac DeLeon as your DH right now? Yeah, for right now, we'll go with DeLeon as a DH. And then Zach's got Trimble and Beavers in the outfield with Rodriguez, Juan De Los Santos, and Davey Cruz in the starting rotation. Right now, I've got Connor Norby, Jordan Westberg, and Max Wagner in the infield with Heston Kerstad in the outfield. Luis Almeida is my DH. And then Chase McDermott, Justin Armbruster, and Carter Baumler are my starting pitchers. We'll get Nick and Bob's kind of team reset after they make their next couple of picks. Um, but I am back on the board here. And started to kind of fill up this starting rotation. And I do feel like there's still good pitchers on the board here to go and get. And there's a couple of different ways that I could potentially go here. And I'm thinking about a guy who this could be a little bit of a tougher pick because we don't exactly know when he'll pitch again this year. But I have trust in Kyle Branovich when he returns to the mound, which is going to be much earlier, I believe, than Zach Peak will be back this year. And there's, I've heard things that maybe May, he could be back on the mound, maybe June. Maybe he can do enough in that shortened season that, hey, I mean, he's closer to the big leagues as long as rehab goes well. He's closer to the big leagues than we think. And uh, I think we could see some good numbers out of Norfolk. 
Yeah, everything we've heard is that it's it's progressing pretty quickly. Uh, and so I, I think he definitely would have been fighting for a major league job at some point last year if he would not have gotten injured. Control artists, one of the best secondary pitches in minor league baseball, I think, with that knuckle curve. So great pick there. Um, kind of recap my team a little bit. I got Cesar Prieto, Carter Young up the middle, Kobe Mayo, main and third base, outfield, Colton Kowser, Judd Fabian, and then my rotation so far. I've got Drew Rom, Noah Denoyer, and Ryan Watson. And with my first pick here, it's a tough one because we are getting deeper into the pitchers. Uh, but I'm going to go with a guy who I think I'm really high on as far as pitchers go. I'm going to go young again. I'm going to go Moises Chasse. I'm going to grab him now. Um, I'm going to continue to to ride this Moises Chasse train. He reached Delmarva at like 18, 19 years old. Yeah, the walks were a little bit insane. 42 walks in 59 innings, but a lot of strikeouts. That's what he's done at, in the DSL and in Delmarva. Didn't really pitch at all in the FCL, like 20-something innings before the Orioles called him up uh, this year. So I think he could end up being like a 20-year-old kid uh, pitching in Aberdeen by the end of this season, as long as he can get those walks down. So I'm going to take the strikeouts there with Chasse as my number four starter. And you know what? I, I need more strong defense up the middle. I could probably wait and get my catcher, but I'm going to continue with my bits here and go with my guy in Maverick Hanley. Uh, just, I think the bat, it really took a big step last year. Walk rate is still like 10, 11%, but he cut down the strikeout significantly last year. Home runs were up average up. A lot of the offensive stats across the board were up for Hanley. So I think that breakout was for real. We'll see how he handles triple A pitching with the bat, but he's a catcher. So, you know, if the offense is lagging behind a little bit, that's okay because he's arguably the top defensive catcher in the system. Although there's a new guy added who's going to give him his run for money, I think, but I like Maverick Hanley a lot, so I'm going to stick him behind the plate and beef up my pitching staff even more there. Yeah, you're certainly going to um, get better on the mound just with Hanley being back there. And it's just, I feel like it's just a question of can the bat get to like just level average and league average wherever he's going? Because if it does, he's going to get to the big leagues and, and be Adley's backup. And it's going to be fun, hopefully, in 2024 when the two co-defensive players of the year in the Pac-12 in 2019 are the uh, the catching duo for the Baltimore Orioles. As I look here, I do have one spot left for a pitcher on my team. And I do want to get this out here now. I mean, if we're just picking off pure talent, Seth Johnson would have already gone. But because we're drafting for... 2023 stats and uh, I don't think he'll be throwing a pitch in the Orioles system this year that is why Seth Johnson uh, has not gone off the board yet in this one so I'm looking around and I I do need outfielders now we've pretty much exhausted kind of the top tier of the outfielders in this system but maybe I'll stretch a little bit for another guy and keep up the, you know, I just took Luis Almeida. So why not take Braylon Tavera at this point? I will continue to stay young. I will go with one of the the big bonus guys uh, from last year's class. And, you know, we'll see how he works out. Um, I don't know if prospect people are as high on him at this point as they were when the Orioles signed him. But he got a lot of money from an O's team that is being particular with who they're finally giving out that international money to. And so we'll see if he can kind of take a step this year. So we'll get back to our 2023 Orioles minor league draft with the guys from On the Verge in just a second. But first, 
This episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, well, you gotta try a Built Bar because Built Healthy is actually tasty. It's finally a tasty protein bar. There's a lot of protein bars out there, but it seems like none of them can get the taste down. Well, Built Bars, they legitimately taste like candy bars. All these bars covered in 100% real chocolate, coming in amazing flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And I'm not sure how they do it because it tastes like a candy bar, but you still get all the great stuff in a protein bar. Only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein in every bar. And now, you don't have to wait around to get a box. You can still order a box from Built.com, but now you can walk into your local Walmart or walk into your local Sam's Club and come out right away with a box of those delicious Built Bars. So again, still go to Built.com to check out all the flavors, but also go to Sam's Club. Go to Walmart, and you can get yourself those delicious and nutritious Built Bars. I'm going to continue my trend of young left-handers in my rotation. I'm going to go with Juan Nunez, who was part, or excuse me, Juan Rojas, who was part of the Jorge Lopez trade last year. 50 strikeouts against just nine walks and 38 and two-thirds innings pitched in the complex league last year. There's reports that his fastball velocity has spiked, and that's going to go along with the slider, curveball, changeup. And we're talking about someone who, it just turned 19 years old. He pitched all of last year as an 18-year-old. If the fastball velocity continues to consistently sit in the low 90s and starts to climb up a little bit, um, he's going to project well long-term. But I also like him this year against low-A hitting. So I'm going to go with Rojas in this spot. Zach, I mean, come on. Um, I like Rojas there as well. I think he's got a lot of potential. I think he could be the... I feel like almost every single player outside of Povich, who's obviously the headliner, could be the, like the sneaky grab in that trade for uh, Jorge Lopez from the Twins. There's another guy out there who's pretty similar to Juan Rojas, who I'm tempted to take, but I won't. But I'll reset my team first. Um, at catcher, I have Samuel Basayo, uh, second base, Aaron Estrada, shortstop, Jackson Holiday, center field, Hudson Haskin, right field, John Rhodes. And my rotation so far is Cade Povich, Gene Pinto, Carlos Tavera, and Trace Bright. And I will add a third baseman now. I will also go with a young, talented international player who, especially Fangraphs, is high on with the hit tool and potential power. Can play shortstop, but obviously not going to displace Jackson Holiday. I'm going with Leandro Arias, who should start, maybe play the whole season in the FCL, but I wouldn't rule out a... Uh, promotion to Delmarva at some point. Um, but I think there's a lot of upside there. So this late in the draft, I think that's what you got to bank on. And around the turn, it's a little bit tougher as I, there's enough pitchers here that I don't necessarily want to fill out my rotation just yet. So I will go with Donta Williams in left field. He'll give me some good defense out there. Um, you know, played injured a lot last year. So I believe he can hit better than he did. I think that kind of messed with his stat line overall, but he got some good experience, got to double A late in the season in a cameo thanks to COVID, performed pretty well. Uh, he's got a little bit of power, can steal some bases. He walks a lot. It's really just, is a hit tool going to be good enough? But at least at a floor level, I'll have some solid defense out in left field. 
I'm kind of going with a similar theme at a different spot in the diamond here, but staying up the middle and going with Silas Ardwan. Um, we know that Ardwan is really good behind the plate. The reports about his defense have been glowing since college. And he, what he also does really well to go along with that is he has good strike zone judgment. He draws a lot of walks. I know what a lot of people are anxious to see this year is whether or not the sort of breakout that he had last year at Texas leading up to the draft is a sign of things to come, depending on who you hear from nationally. Some outlets are higher on Ardwan than others, but I think everybody agrees that he's a very high floor guy whose defense could get him to the big leagues. And if he can pair that with at least good strike zone, judgment, a good walk rate, can stick around for a while as a backup. Yeah, it's 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 the question of when to get the catchers in this draft because obviously Adley is no longer available and and Bob went with Basayo pretty early. I'm going to go with the guy who Fangraphs had rated higher than Juan Rojas in the Jorge Lopez trade, and that would be Juan Nunez, who is the older of the two pitchers that came over in that deal from kind of the rookie ball levels. The right-hander is 22 years old, but also had some great stats, ended up with a 3.58 ERA, 63 Ks in, in 50 innings last year. That was his total stats between Minnesota and the FCL, the Orioles and the FCL, and then he went to Delmarva, and it's a little concerning what he did in Delmarva last year. So he had a 1.23 ERA, but took the most roundabout path ever to get a 1.23 ERA. He walked 13 batters in 14 innings and struck out just seven, yet escaped with a 1.23 ERA. So we will see. But I mean, the fact that Eric Longenhagen kind of wrote more about him than he did about Rojas from this trade makes me think that, okay, there's definitely something here that the Orioles are going after. And there has to be something there in the stuff if you're walking 13 batters in 14 and two-thirds innings in a full season level and you're only giving up two earned runs. So there's something there with soft contact and missing bats um, and maybe a little luck that's helping him out. So I will round out my rotation uh, with Juan Nunez. Yeah, one of the Juans is going to break out from, from that trade. That is for certain. Um my next two picks, I thought about getting really weird here, but uh, I think I'm going to fill out, hmm, I'm trying to look. I, I really was hoping Dante Williams was going to fall to fill out my last outfield spot. I think I'm going to wait there, and you know what? I'm going to go DH here. I'm going to go Creed Willems. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it. Uh, we know the defense is spectacular. Got two strong defensive catchers here. He showed off the arm when he got promoted to Del Marva last year. Again, just 19 years old, and the bat he really did struggle with the bat for much of the season. But August, looking at his splits right here, the month of August he really started to settle in. I think he hit 281. OPS was 864 during that month uh, across 17 games. Couple of home runs really started to show that raw power. I think, you know, again, just catcher, he's dealing with the whole pitching staff in Delmar with lots of turnover in that pitching staff. Language barriers, just the whole nine yards there for Creed. Uh, so I think offense maybe took a back seat for much of the year. But once he started to settle in, I think he's going to break out again this year in Delmarva. He's he's going to return to Delmarva to start the year. We'll see how long he's there. But that, uh, and then do I want to grab my closer here early or do I want to fill out my rotation. I'm going to continue the bits here and continue to go with my guys. So I'm going to fill out my rotation with Brandon Young, 
and hope that the injury from last year, I believe that was a shoulder injury as well. I don't know if we got like a hundred percent definite news on what it was. I could be wrong though, but uh, I'm going to buy that he is healthy this year and returns to double a Bowie big six, six guy. I thought you stick him in the bullpen. He's in the major leagues by now, but he's worked out so far as a starter, big curveball, good fastball. He's again, the exact type of pitcher the Orioles love to bring into the system and he moved really fast. So uh, yeah, hoping he's healthy and he's a strong number five for me. Couple of good picks there, and yeah, Brandon Young. I mean, if he's healthy, he's he's probably better than than any number five we're gonna get. So I've rounded out my rotation. I got a, eyes on two relievers right now, but I feel like they'll probably be still there. So I have an outfield spot. I have catcher, and I have first base left. I feel like it's probably fine to leave catcher and first base until the end at this point. So it's really just trying to pick out which of these outfielders could break out this year. Um, just trying to find one of these guys who's going to have some success. And I'm going to take Trendon Craig. I've been on Trendon Craig since the O's took him in the, in the 20th round of the draft. I had his college coach on and he fired me up like crazy. The, the Trendon Craig is a future big leaguer and coming out of the same Juco that Cedric Mullins played at and is also a center fielder drafted by the Orioles. I'm going to take Trendon Craig. I'm going to plop him in center field here and I'll have Tavera and Kerstad in the corner outfields and I know I'll track a lot of balls down with Trent and Craig out there and we'll hope that the bat uh, continues to develop this year. I'm going to round out my infield and I'm going to get my first baseman, T.T. Bowens. Now, we have this segment at the end of our show during the season where we shout out players outside of our top 50 for doing something good recently or something that stood out to us. And I feel like T.T. Bowens has been featured there more than any other player. And he's not a, you know, prospect in the sense of you know someone's got him in their top 50 or top 75 he's a little bit older right now 24 but the favorite stat of mine from tt bowens last year is that last year at aberdeen towards the end of the season 2021 excuse me 123 plate appearances walked just eight percent of the time against 32 and a half percent strikeout rate in 106 games with the iron birds last year he walked just over 15% of the time, got the strikeout rate just under 30% and did that was a 116 WRC plus. Because Aberdeen is not a home run hitters park, I think that that artificially deflated Bowen's power numbers last year. So honestly, I just from the pure stats perspective with my team, Bowen's could hit 240 with 20 homers at Bowie and I would be happy with that result. And I think it's a very possible result for him. Yeah, I think he's clearly, at least between him and the guy I'm about to take, the best first base, quote-unquote, prospect in the system. But health and everything, uh, performance considered, yeah, I think he was a pretty good choice there. But I'm going to go with the first baseman as well. And it's a guy who, when he's on the field, he plays great defense. He, he's got a little bit of hit, a little bit of power. I'm going to go with Jacob Teeter as my first baseman. If he's healthy, I feel like he could also... Him and T.T. Bowens could share some time between first base and D.H. in Bowie. Uh, Teeter might go back to Aberdeen to start. We shall see. And then around the turn for D.H. and a backup shortstop, backup middle infielder. This is one of my favorite players in the system, uh, Colin Burns. You know, he's some people say he's better than Joey Ortiz defensively at shortstop. You should see the pull downs this kid can pull off. I've heard that 
he has added some real muscle and power this offseason and is about to break out huge with the bat. So steal the draft right here, Colin Burns at DH. I love it. <laughs> I got to round out my outfield now, and I feel like we're in a weird spot with the outfielders where you really got to hope that someone breaks out or you really got to hope that someone bounces back because Zach Watson, who a lot of people liked after 2021, is still on the board. Isaac Bellamy, who had a very up and down 2022, is still on the board. Robert Newstrom is still on the board. I'm going to go with a guy that I feel confident in bouncing back and that I think should still be looked at in somewhat high regard as a prospect, and that's Misael Deson. Deson had a very disappointing year at Delmarva last year. There's no getting around that statistically yet. You know, when we had Daryl Hernandez on our show, when Sam Zelenick, the Storebirds broadcaster last year, was on our show a couple of times, they both remarked about how Deson stood out. And the problem for him last year was just that he would get on these runs where he looked like he was starting to turn a corner, and then he would either miss some time with an injury or would just get stuck in another slump. And to pull up an example, Deson came off the I.L., in July and actually hit very well initially when he got back, um, you know, 269 average and 685 OPS, which is not great. But if that had been closer to his regular season production, we would have felt a little bit better about what he did last year. So the number one thing that I think he has to work on, probably not hitting the ball on the ground so much, start driving the ball in the air more. He should fill out and add more power. And remember, he's just 20 years old. He won't be 21 until July. So I'll take my chance that Dayson bounces back, settles in as a quality everyday outfielder in Delmarva. And we're talking about him more as a prospect this time next year. Yeah, he's got to stop hitting the ball on the ground so much is really just the number one thing for him. Um, I have catcher, first base, and relief pitcher, which is – I figure what most of us would kind of finish with the, those last three positions in this system relief pitcher, just because, you know, guys aren't really converted to relievers this early. Generally, I'm going to go get a catcher that did not perform well offensively last year by any stretch of the imagination. He hit 197 last season, but he seems to handle a pitching staff. Well, he played at Tennessee. He's played against really good competition and I'm going to corner the market on all the other Connors in Oriole land. So I've already got Connor Norby. I might as well take Connor Pavoloni uh, to play behind the plate for me. At the very least, listen, he's going to hit ninth for me, and I understand that, but he's going to handle my pitching staff pretty well and uh, sit back there behind the dish. Yeah, and then, was it a broken hand? or He had a pretty big injury last year that uh, kept him off the field, but I, I really like Connor Pavoloni a lot, but I, I have a weird thing with all of these catchers in the system. Um my last two pit three picks, but two here. See, I need a first baseman, another outfielder, and a reliever. I, I figured I could wait because I have Colton Kowser and Judd Fabian in my outfield. So I figured I could wait a little bit. And I'm gonna go ahead and ooh, what do I want to do here? Um I, I'm gonna get I'm just gonna go ahead and do this. I'm going to draft Billy Cook as my first baseman. Uh, he did play a little first base, plays a little bit of everything. I think he played second base even, too, if I could pull it. So, yeah, he played first base, second base, third base, left field, center field, right field. He's played it all in this system. You know, the batting average took a big dip last year, one base percentage as well. But, you know, he's also he steals 25 bags last year, hit 15 home runs. 
He had the three home run game. I can't remember if that was last year or the year before last at this point, but massive raw power plus speed plays all over the field. So I like the versatility there. And, you know, I, I'm not as high on him anymore, but I need another outfielder. And again, if he connects on a ball, that left-handed power, it's out of the ballpark. I'll take Robert Newstrom as my right fielder. Uh, he's got a good arm. I think his defense was something that he acknowledged he needed to work on, and he did a lot of that over the last year or so. Um, he struggled with the bat, hasn't really shown out much this spring, but we know the raw power is there. I think he's a little bit better defensively than some people give him credit for. Hopefully he breaks out again. He gets one more chance, I think, this year in AAA and see what he can do. And if he breaks out, then Al will be extremely happy with my outfield. Yeah, it was good to see him get another invite to big league spring training. I mean, it was probably a guy you weren't just going to leave off that list at this point, just optically, but it was also good to see him at least get that invite. And I don't think he ever plays a game in an Orioles uniform, but if there's a spot early in the year, maybe where the O's would need an outfielder and maybe for some reason they can't keep a guy like Daz Cameron in the system there's a maybe a possibility that they feel like they don't want to bring up Colton Kowser just for 10 days. But I do feel like hopefully we see Newstrom kind of catch on somewhere else and, and get to the big leagues, but cool to at least see him back in big league spring training. And we will, we will allow Billy cook at first base. You could also put Creed Willems out there and uh, DH Billy cook as well. So we will allow it. Yeah. Um, on my team, I've got two picks left. I'm looking at first base and relief pitcher um, higher upside definitely is with the relievers left in the system. So I was down to two guys. I love them both dearly. They each have awesome traits that I want them on my team, but I have to pick one. And so as much as it pains me to leave off my favorite side armor, I'm going to take Xavier Moore as my relief pitcher. I heard uh, Chase McDermott talking about his changeup on your guys' show this week. He was just an odd like minor league trade that Michael Elias went and got in 2019. And, you know, he's a little bit older and was still the closer in Aberdeen last year. He you know, you would you would have liked him to be in double A last season, but you just watch that change up and it's basically a screwball. And I get that he's in Aberdeen because he's still working on all the other stuff and it's kind of a one weapon right now. But if he gets a second weapon, he's going to be in triple A this year. I mean, I think pretty easily if and even if it's just a solid fastball that's got some bite to it and got some rise, he's going to be in triple A. I love watching him throw that that basically that screwball. Um, so I'm going to take Xavier Moore in my bullpen. That's a good pick there, and I agree with you. I could definitely see him getting the AAA this year if he's able to round out that repertoire a little bit more. I'm going to get my last starter here, and I kind of labored over this pick. Do I go with someone with plus command but maybe not really exciting stuff, or do I go the opposite end of the spectrum? And I went the opposite end of the spectrum. I took Anoxio Feliz. Uh, Feliz does have an issue with walks, and I think long-term – he projects as a reliever, but this is someone who struck out 135 batters in 92 and two thirds innings last year, probably going to be a buoy. And while we know that that's not the most forgiving environment for pitchers, his stuff when it is on can overpower just about any hitter. So I'll take my chances with Feliz this year, being able to at least maintain that high strikeout rate over maybe a starter's workload this season. And then you talk about moving in the bullpen. So we will return to the final few picks of our 2023 Orioles minor league draft in just a second. 
But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. And when I'm looking around the NBA right now, everything going on with John Morant, him leaving the team, Brandon Clark getting injured, I'm taking the money line with whoever the Memphis Grizzlies are playing at this point. And plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet, up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right. I was going to take him as my closer, but I will <laughs> instead take the guy who's three for three in saves at Major League Spring Training despite not even being invited to Major League Camp. He is not walking anyone, getting ground balls, striking body, everybody out, putting on a really good first impression. Uh, that's Mr. Nolan Hoffman, the next Chad Bradford, Darren O'Day, sidearm and fun to watch. You know, not exactly bringing the heat, but uh, going to get you some some outs. So I'll take him as the closer. And you know what? I like my guys. I think this guy could be a nugget to put in the back end of my rotation. That's Zach Showalter, the high school pick from the last year's draft. Haven't seen him pitch, so I feel like little bit under the radar but Orioles don't take high school pitchers very lightly last time they did was what Carter Baumler so maybe he just takes off and unlike Baumler unfortunately can stay healthy and really uh climb up these these rankings pretty quickly in 2023 that still leaves me with Daniel Lloyd as my closer and I'm happy with that pick Lloyd is not a guy that throws hard but good spit on his fastball he pairs that with good breaking balls and slashed his walk rate significantly after his promotion to Aberdeen from Delmarva last year. So probably ticketed for Bowie's bullpen. I expect him to be successful there. That leads me to my last pick here. And uh, I need a first baseman. And there's only a couple guys to pick. So I'm going to take my homer pick and take Maxwell Costas, who I not only love to watch as a baseball player, but also got to know very, very well in my time at the University of Maryland with the baseball team. So this is um, definitely a bias selection. What I will say about Maxwell is that he's got one of the best batter's eyes in the system. And John Mioli wrote his piece on his newsletter a couple of months ago about just like he got some data from the, the low minor leagues and things that stuck out. Costas had the lowest chase rate in the entire system from the moment he was signed as an undrafted free agent out of Maryland to the end of the season last year. It was something crazy like 6%. He was chasing. Now he had some low exit velocity numbers, but he had a bunch of home runs at Maryland, finished second all time in, in University of Maryland home runs, big power, great batter's eye, doesn't really have a position. I mean, he, he plays first base, but he's essentially a DH. But I mean, this is one of the most interesting and genuine people I've ever met in baseball. Um, so this is going to be a, a very homer pick. Uh, and I'll take Maxwell Costas at first base and hand it over to Nick. Uh, for the uh, for the Mr. Irrelevant of this draft to take the final selection. Well, first, yeah, speaking I, of John Mioli, he'll be on our show on Monday, so tune in. Incredible plug right there. 
I my last pick. I need a my reliever. Uh, a lot of great options. Some guys that I big on Yaki Rivera. There's your Cage Strouds who's getting a lot of helium. Morgan McSweeney was getting a lot of helium last year. He's a big league camp already. But uh, there's a name I did not have on my list, but he's in the player pool list here. So I'm I'm going to go with him. I'm going to go with Andrew Politi. Um, you know, technically rule five pick, so hasn't made a major league debut yet. Uh, but he has pitched three games. Supposedly, we were talking about this on our show. We've never seen him pitch live because, you know, uh, Masson, but um, he's pitched three games so far for the Orioles this spring. No runs, two hits, no walks, five strikeouts. Love to see that. So hopefully he sticks around somewhere in this bullpen. And he's a, another rule five success story for the Orioles. And uh, I'm glad to have him anchoring my bullpen here. Yeah, technically you can pick him. He's never thrown in a major league game. And, uh, you know, he's he's making a good case to uh, to make the major league team as a rule five pick, especially with a, a little opening with Dylan Tate being injured. But that'll do it for the draft. We made it through 15 rounds here. Uh, so we'll start with Nick because he just made that final selection. Uh, read off your team, Nick, and then give us the one reason why your team will be the best at the end of the 2023 season. Yeah, I got Maverick Hanley behind the plate, Billy Cook, Cesar Prieto, Carter Young, Kobe Mayer around the infield, outfield, pretty strong, Colton Kowser, Judd Fabian, Robert Newstrom, and Creed Willems as my DH. Uh, the pitching side, Drew Rom, Noah DeNoyer, two 40-man guys, Ryan Watson, uh, another 40-man guy, right? Uh, Moises Chasse, Brandon Young, and then Andrew Politi is my bullpen, and this team is going to take it all because uh, Kobe Mayo, Colton Kowser, Judd Fabian, right there, those three guys. Perfect. Send it over to Zach. Read is that your team and why you're going to win? So I'll go around the horn here. Uh, Silas Arduan at catcher, T.T. Bowens at first, Frederick Ben Cosme at second, Anderson De Los Santos at third, Joey Ortiz at short, Maceo De Son out in left field, Reed Trimble in center, Dylan Beavers in right with Isaac De Leon as my D8. My starting pitching is Grayson Rodriguez at the top of the rotation, followed by Juan De Los Santos, Davey Cruz, Juan Rojas and Ignacio Feliz with Daniel Lloyd at the back of my bullpen as the closer. My team will take it all this year because we have the ace at the top of the rotation to go along with one of the big, big, big breakout bats of 2023 who will be Dylan Beavers, along with a very solid up the middle combination of Frederick Ben Cosme and Joey Ortiz and a healthy Reed Trimble firmly entrenches himself as one of the top prospects in the system. And then Bob, read out your team and why you will take the crown once again. Yes. Um, catcher, I have Samuel Vasayo, first base, Jacob Teeter, second base, Aaron Estrada, third base, Leandro Arias, shortstop, Jackson Holiday, 25-year-old in a 19-year-old's body, left field, Dante Williams, center field, Hudson Haskin, right field, John Rhodes, DH, the great Colin Burns. Starting pitching is Cade Povich. Gene Pinto, Carlos Tavera, Trace Bright, and Zach Showalter. And I have Nolan Hoffman closing out my games. I might not win the early season vote, but I am pretty confident by the end of the season, my team full of breakout candidates and youngsters will be right there. Especially, I feel like that rotation is going to be great. And I have 2024's number one prospect in baseball in Jackson Holiday. So, you know, it's pretty easy pickings here for me. And I'll finish it off. I've got Connor Pavoloni behind the plate. I'm taking all the Connors because I also have Connor Norby at second base. Maxwell Costas at first, Jordan Westberg at short, and Max Wagner at third. My outfield is Heston Kerstad in left, Trendon Craig in center, and Braylon Tavera in right. With the young kid Luis Almeida as my DH, 
My rotation is Chase McDermott, Justin Armbruster, Carter Baumler, Kyle Brenovich, and Juan Nunez, and Xavier Moore with that changeup will be closing out games for me. And I will win this because, well, I've got Westberg, Norby, and Kerstad in the middle of that order. And I think that'll be enough. And I think I have a nice, like, five starters who could all be just as good as each other. And I think I'm strong one through five in that rotation. But that'll do it for the 2023 Orioles minor league draft here with Bob, Nick, and Zach from BSL on the Verge. And guys, thank you so much for once again uh, hopping on here to do this draft. It was fun again, and uh, it'll be fun to watch this season to see who comes out on top. Yeah, had a blast. Thanks for having us on. Yep, one of the coolest things we do to kick off the season. Yep, agreed. Thanks for having us on. So our thanks again to the guys from BSL on the Verge for joining us to put together this 2023 Orioles minor league draft. Second year we've done it, did it with all three guys in 2022, and it seemed like Bob's team did win last year. So let us know in the comments. Let me know on Twitter at Locked On Orioles as we read out our final teams there right at the end of the pod who you think won the draft right now. And then, of course, we'll revisit it at the end of the 2023 minor league season, take a look at the stats, how some of those players did, which of them got to the big leagues, and kind of reassess at that point. But again, thanks to Nick Stevens, Bob Phelan, and Zach Spedden for joining once again. You can check out their podcast, On the Verge, over at Baltimore Sports and Life. Wherever you get your podcast, they are on YouTube as well. Make sure to go over there and subscribe to them. I always say, you know, make Locked on Orioles your first listen of the day. And if they've got a new episode and you're looking for another O's podcast, make On the Verge your second listen. Always has things covered for the arguably, and according to Baseball America, definitely best minor league system in all of baseball. And they talk a little major leagues as well. And uh, they got John Mioli coming on next week. They had Chase McDermott, the Orioles' right-handed pitching prospect, on this week. And uh, you may know the guests they're having on in a couple weeks as well. But I thank you all for tuning in. Of course, we'll have the weekend off, then be back on Monday. Listen, we are getting closer and closer to opening day. We're just 20 days away right now. We'll be just 17 days away from opening day when I speak to you next on Monday. We'll do a little Orioles news and notes recap some of the recent spring training games. We'll have a couple of televised games between now and then to talk about as well as the roster cuts begin and we get closer and closer to those 26 guys heading to Boston to kick off the 2023 season. But that's coming up when I return on Monday. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.